Alrighty guys, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. Today what we have for you is an interesting discussion with Veronica Sheen. So Dr. Veronica Sheen. So actually first I must say I'm recording this on uh, my iPhone and my iPhone headset so if it sounds different to our normal recording um, and normal audio then don't stress it's just the intro and outro. I uh, just had to do it on the fly today. So yes this shows with Dr. Veronica Sheen. Uh, Dr. Veronica has done a lot of work in the field of uh, employment and basically talking about, um, in recent times, she's been talking about AI and the future of employment. So how, how will artificial intelligence um, taking over our jobs affect us? Will we implement a universal basic income, which means you know there's the same amount of money in the economy, uh, but there's less jobs for people. So do we spread that wealth across the board? People have more time for leisure activities, passion projects, creative exploits a lot of people think that's going to give people no drive and um be a very negative aspect of life i for one think it'd be great i could easily work mm, one third of the amount that i work right now and i'd be real happy um anyway it's a great conversation with veronica um today we are sponsored by audible so check out audibletrial.com forward slash advf radio you'll get one free audiobook in 30 days free there guys audible is a fantastic service over 200,000 audiobooks check it out also head to quashcreative.com. Uh, Quash Creative is run by Sean Marsh, the guy that did our um, intro of this podcast and a great friend of the show. Check out uh, Quash Creative and use the code word uh, radio to when you speak to the guys to get a free SEO report or a report on your existing brand. And we're also brought to you by Adventure Travel as always, guys. So Adventure Travel, we have amazing trips coming up. Every, uh, every month from now on, we've got Iceland coming up. We uh, sold that out, released the second Iceland. We've got New Zealand in the early New Year. We have uh, a little mini trip in Australia, four-day weekend getaway. We've got Kokoda Track. We're releasing Hawaii, Bali, Greece, lots of cool stuff coming up. Uh, use the code word radio for 10% off. And here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? Come with me if you want to live. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. Radio, radio, radio. radio. We are sitting here with uh, Veronica Sheen. Sheen, Ver- Sheen, Sheen. Veronica, Sheen. Veronica Can you is. Uh, here, Nico? <laughs> we're going to. Uh, we're going to. Introduce Veronica, let her uh, explain herself shortly. Before we throw to her, though, as always, we're going to start off with uh, Tommy serenading us with uh, Tommy's tribute to Veronica. Alrighty, welcome aboard, Veronica. I have uh, <laughs> I have uh, decided to cover an Alice in Chains grunge song, so we'll see how we go. And I must warn you that I do get pretty into it, so here we go. <laughs> Spill the water there. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, this is gonna be good. 
Ain't found a way to speak to Sheen I hope she's single Cause I'm definitely keen My brain does scream to me from somewhere Employment Oh yeah <laughs> Yeah Here comes Veronica Yeah You know she ain't gonna die <laughs> It's just about a song No There you go, my friend. Wow. It's uh, next level. (laughs) Next level stuff. (laughs) So, Veronica, um, that's normally how we start the show. That is normally. I I normally start off with um, how funny was that or or an apology. So, today it'll be uh, um, sorry about that. Uh, well, there's certain people in my network um, who will find it very amusing mm. and interesting and entertaining. Um, Are you one of those? Uh, they mainly live in the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. They're in Australia is going to be they don't. No, I don't like that one. <laughs> no, I love it. It was good. So, Veronica, hey, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your recent uh, trip over to the OECD in Paris and kind of what you uh, what you were discussing there yeah well uh, I've had a career in social research and I'm really interested in inequality but that's actually and I did a um, uh, I've worked in public policy for many years and the focus had been on employment okay so I eventually got around to doing a doctorate around um, you know workforce casualization about how there's just so many you know just not the sort of secure full-time jobs that, you know, we sort of all dreamed that we'd have in the 70s, 80s, maybe into the 90s, mm-hmm. but they're basically gone. But what actually came out of it, so I did this doctorate, but what was really interesting, it wasn't so much casualisation that was the, re- what was, well, that's a big thing, but it's actually how work's been really transformed by technology, about mm-hmm. work practices. And what had really got me interested in was the whole changing nature of work itself, that affects whether you've got security or not security, but I think the debate's really different around that. It's really about how work is just becoming quite different because of the way technology is impacting on jobs, mm-hmm. and that's a whole big thing. So a great thing was that I, um, some for some reason, uh, an invitation turned up in my inbox in, I don't know, was it March or April, to go to this conference at the OECD in June on... Um, Anyway, the subject is the Great Divide, and that included digitalisation, the changing nature of work, as one of the causes of um, you know big you know, economic social polarisation. So I was mm-hmm. really interested, mm. and amazingly, I just happened to be passing through Paris just at that. <laughs> That's unreal. <laughs> I know it was unreal. It was just fantastic, and uh, so I was able to go. I mean, you wouldn't bother going to a conference for two days, mm. you know, travelling all that way. I mean, some people would, but I wouldn't. Mm. But so it was a really great opportunity and um, it was an amazing conference, so much to say about it. But um, really, you know, the crux of it was about the future of work and what that means for public policy. Um, mm-hmm. 
the conference preceded a ministerial meeting at the OECD. And just to remind people, the OECD is the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. It is um, a central body for uh, uh, mainly developed countries. Uh, I think it has about 30 members. So all the, those members, including Australia, fund it. The, main, the biggest funder is the United States, which funds about 20%. I think Australia funds about 2%. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. It depends on how big your population mm-hmm. is, so it's per capita funding. Mm-hmm. And it does a lot of policy work, comparative work, and also it's, it provides leadership on public policy. And that was what the forum was about, to you know, really get governments thinking about what they need to do around digitalisation, changing nature of work. And what's coming with that is, you know, what we what we know, this great big division in this growing divide, you know, the those doing really well and those being left behind. So the so the conference was really trying to, you know, get governments to think about, um, yeah, well, you just can't have this big polarisation because it's actually bad on growth. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the big message. And um, and so there was um, – so the two-day conference I went to was um, followed by a ministerial conference and we had an Australian minister there, the Minister for Trade, um, Stephen – Minister Stephen Chiobo, I'm not sure how to say you know say his name, but anyway. Chiobo will do. Yep. Yeah, Chiobo. <laughs> Mr. Steve Chiobo. Yeah, yes, yeah, whatever. I think it's a Stevie, regional Stevie dialect. Joke. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was you know, it was a huge conference. There was so much discussion, but anyway, that was the guts mm. of it. it was fantastically interesting. Mm. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting. I find it quite interesting um, the way that technology has reshaped the way that. Obviously, um, we do our work day well, we to day. We wouldn't be sitting here without it. Yeah, that's Absolutely. right. All of my, um, all of my assistance, everything in the back end of AdventureFit is all in the Philippines. We all work remotely, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite interesting, like a concept mm. that wouldn't have been really applied 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so we want to talk about, obviously, like the, the um, technology taking our jobs, obviously, is like mm. one of the things that people are talking about a lot right now. But you're talking about, I heard you mention um, the way that technology is changing the way we work and changing the, the way yeah. that, um, that... So tell us about like what are some of the big topics on the change in the way that we work rather than like getting all of our jobs taken, but like having to adapt yeah. and still hold on to employment. Yeah, I think this is really it. So we're hearing a lot about uh, every day we're here. I mean, it was on the ABC last on the night before... I was watching some French news um, earlier Hmm. and showed how um, technology robots were actually picking cherries and strawberries. (laughs) Agricultural, agricultural um, replacement of agricultural jobs. So it's really huge. I think. um, But what was what's really important to understand? It's not just about replacements. About how you do jobs. So, so what's increasingly happen happens if you work in an office. now you might have to wear a device which monitor, monitors all your activities or your actions over a course of course of a day, and they can just keep track of you. So that actually is changing the changing how jobs are done. So there's a lot more um, infiltration into the actual um, job itself, mm-hmm. and that's really important to understand. And it's making the productivity out of jobs much. Um, much stricter and higher mm-hmm. than it used to be. But I, we also need to consider, okay, we have a lot of technologies, but all that has to be administered, made, repaired, looked after, and mm. that itself is a huge area of employment. Mm. And, and as you say, um, you know, increasingly there's, 
this globalization of work, so jobs that could be done, you know, would be done locally, can be outsourced mm -hmm. and, and um, sent overseas. And then the other big, big area of change is around the platform or the gig economy, so um, people, um, you know, well, Airtasker, I don't know, so many of them at um, Amazon, what's it? Amazon Turk, Mechanical Turk in the US is a big thing. So mm. where where people actually compete for um, tasks. And what, yes. There's a name for that. It's called taskification. So mm -hmm. jobs actually being – so we're not actually lose, necessarily losing jobs, but they're being broken up into tasks and, and divided up in different sort of ways. Yeah, like real C2C kind of stuff, consumer mm. to consumer, like like Airbnb and yeah. Uber and mm. Airtasker. Like Ross, who we who I just introduced you to on that – yeah. Sitting on the couch out there that he's staying with us over Airbnb. Oh yeah. You know, so that's like yeah. obviously is that what you mean? Like more everything's going to more of a person to person, like you don't Yeah, it's it's more it's it's the breaking down of jobs and it's sort of um so you might have thought about an office job in the past involving oh no, I'll just give it you know, I don't know, just doing um God, you know, different elements to it. But the thing is those elements can actually actually be split up mm -hmm. and um, broken broken down into tasks. So I'll just give a simple example. So an office job might have required making coffee, doing the typing, um, photocopying, mm -hmm. whatever. But now, you know, you'd have a robot doing the coffee, someone in the Philippines doing the mm -hmm. typing and, um, you know, someone and some other mechanism for doing the photocopying. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just yep. – I'm just trying to get it really simple. But, mm -hmm. you know, just all the bits of – what, what once might have been a, a you know five office job is now can just be yeah. broken out outsourced a lot of those jobs can be contracted out by by a company which just does mm -hmm. for instance um, particular aspects of office jobs yeah but that can ha happens across so many areas of employment and we shouldn't just think they're the lower end employment increasingly they're talking about that happening across across fields like law accounting mm -hmm. accounting mm -hmm. financial services a big one now. Is yeah. it probably is it? It'd be more of uh, an efficient kind of workflow. Mm. Would I? Would that be fair to say? Because you read, have you ever read the book, the e-book, uh, the e-myth revisited? No. Uh, it's about it's about setting up small business and making it run yeah. super efficiently, and you can walk yeah. away from it basically. And they use McDonald's as a perfect example. Yeah. So McDonald's changed the game when they came in. And they're like, yeah. all right, everybody was making a burger from start to finish. Mm. This one person was, and they're yeah, like, we can exactly. do this. We can do this way quicker. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. person butters the buns, passes mm -hmm. it to this person yeah. who puts down the patty. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So everyone has their own individual task, which makes the whole process a, a lot more efficient. Mm. So that's probably a benefit. But then. Yeah, how does it work with like so much but of that? That started earlier than that, didn't it? I reckon that yeah, started like in, in with the revolution, the industrial revolution, where people just went do 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 do. It's just got. Yeah, it's just, it's McDonald's just is a gone. famous example. Yeah, 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 an easy, yeah. An easy famous course, example that yes. everybody knows. Yeah, and yes. it's just sort of got more. Um, it's just um, intensified all all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I understand for, in um, China, I mean, Donald Trump keeps talking about bringing the manufacturing jobs back to the United States. I wonder if those manufacturing workers from the 70s and 80s and 90s have lost their jobs, want the jobs yeah. in factories in China. <laughs> I don't think they will because yeah. what, they, what I hear the Chinese factory workers say, you know, they just do one little thing day in, day mm. out, mm. and that's the efficiency of Chinese factories. Yeah. I wonder if those... Um, <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if they want them. Yeah, you exactly. know? Yeah. And they're not going to get them. They're not going to. I mean, Trump can carry on all his life. They're not going to come back to 
the US to any of those Rust Belt states like they were in the 60s, 70s or mm. 80s. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the things that, um, that people talk about with, um, with the rise of technology as well, obviously, is, um, is the fact that technology is taking over our jobs. So this is the this is the so me and Tommy outside looking in, you know, the 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 general punter who listens to all this AI talk that seems to be, you know, all the the rage at the moment. Well, it's a very it's going to continue the rage because we are going towards, you know, everything becoming mm. um, intelligent basically and, and uh, yeah, 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 so and cognified, but so what about um, was there much talk at the conference or what are your thoughts on the fact that are we coming into a position where we're going to be in a lot of trouble because obviously like soon we're going to have we have automated cars the Tesla yeah. Model X can drive around many yeah. uh, many state roads in California without a driver touching the wheel mm. and soon it's going to be like for example truck drivers truck drivers yeah. is the biggest industry in America yeah. and that's soon to go to yeah. to, to yeah. automated cars so is because to everybody that outside looking in like you say like people that don't know as much about like myself and Tommy it's like that's very oh my god what's everybody going to do we're all going to lose our jobs but then I'm again yeah yeah yeah. but is it I mean everyone no no one would have known the industries that have popped up Mm. due to to Mm. the internet you know so there's always new industries popping up and when we have all these artificial intelligence is it going to be that we're just hoping that we have these new roles to fill or is it really is it going to get to the point where it's like okay this could be a problem and how are we going to address it What what are your thoughts on the whole thing well, I think it does need managing. I mean, there there are people left behind, and you know, in the UK and the USA, the big political problems there around the the regional areas are just left behind. I mean, they just sort of haven't caught up. So, big populations have lost industries, and nothing's gone to replace them. Mm-hmm. So, governments do need to provide leadership around that, and that's why the OECD conference was important because it actually pushes government to think about you know, <laughs> um, in, in investment in it. In this sort of infrastructure to get up, get up um, new new you know the new new industries new, new mm. industries and mm. and and you know there are models around around the world. I mean Germany's really good at the public private sector partnerships that you know really really um, has done very well. I mean it does have the you know the enormous advantages of its um, of the it gets all the advantages of the euro, but it does it is really good at um, Working with of government, working with business to move things along. Mm-hmm. Now, a really interesting model that was um, brought up at the conference was in Denmark. They've um, established what's called a disruption council, inclu- including government, business, unions. In Denmark, this disruption council, so it's bringing together all these players, government, business, unions, uh NGOs might might be others too, mm-hmm. to to really work on how, given that there is such transformation in employment, how you can actually make it work for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what needs to happen in education. How do we get young people up to what they need to do to, for the new jobs? Mm-hmm. How do we get the older workers, you know, skilled up to mm-hmm. to take take them on? You know that sort of mm. thing. And I think that's that's a sort of Responses. I mean, you can you can work on it, and uh, the Den- Danish Prime Minister was there at the conference, and he's really pro um, you know, leadership on moving forward. And he pointed to he reminded us about what was called after the Second World War, where Europe was in a mess, 
and uh, the United States with Europe came up with the Marshall Plan, which was to basically just kickstart spending in Europe to get it going again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what happened? You know, it just flourished. Mm. So, you know, those sort of things are the way of the future, but it's just not going to happen without leadership. Yeah. And that's where governments... Of course. And, you know, those sort of big, big thinking... Mm-hmm. Groups, people that can make uh, make, yeah. make decisions and implement on a, on a yeah. grand scale. Mm. You think one of the things, um, one of the things that so obviously since the printing press, people have been it's been you know very it's been a very positive impact in your life to be able to read mm. and write. Sure, obviously that's that's where we're at, and that's where we're at for hundreds of years. And now we're getting to the point where if we're getting to uh, say twenty years in the future and Everything is cognified. Everything that we touch is, is response to us. Everything, mm. um, even now, like a lot of stuff in schools, it's not written down. It's on mm. a computer. So or it's spoken to us. Or it's spoken yeah. to us. Yeah. But do you think the equivalent of? I remember when I was in grade two or whatever, and you strive to get your pen license. You know, you learn mm. how to read and write. It's very important. Do you think that in the future or now it's starting to become that coding is the reading and writing of? of the future of employment. I've definitely heard that, isn't it? Yeah. Programming's becoming a, a necessary skill well, in the next like 10 years. And writing, and, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. You can't code, Having can some you? understanding of how to use these yeah. things. Mm. Well, to be honest, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I mean, well, I guess so. I don't, re- I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I suppose um, I just sort of, I don't know. I just think you need another mindset around what's, what's work, what you need to do for mm. work. I mean, I think this idea that you sort of, go through school and uni and get a particular um, skill set like, you know, being an accountant or a lawyer or something. I just don't, I just wonder whether that, that applies anymore. Mm. You need mm. to be more well, sort of well-rounded at, at different levels mm-hmm. for the for the world of work the future. I mean, certainly you do need the technological skills, but I think also the the critical thinking skills, the, um, the, innova- the skills to mm-hmm. think innovatively about... Mm-hmm. Your future, rather than you know the narrow career tracks, really, We're, really important. Well, nothing's really set in stone anymore, is no, it? The fact no. is, the fact is, if if things go the way that they're looking at going, there's probably going to be a rise in a million different new technologies and industries mm-hmm. that we don't, we never will foresee. So mm-hmm. exactly, you have to be able to like improve the entrepreneurial yeah. uh, aspect of, of kids and the the creativity, like you yeah. say. Because they're the ones that are going to be literally creating our future because at the moment it's probably going to be quite up in the air. I think it's a really interesting time that we're actually living in because I genuinely think that if you go from like, I think the most interesting time in the history of that, that we know of because mm. you think of where we are now, like my grandparents or, or great-grandparents, I, I knew my great-grandparents. My great-grandparents were probably around for basically when flight was invented, man, man, yeah. man flight. And by the time man flight, by, by, by the time I'm a great grandparent, my kids are probably going to be doing holidays to Mars. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. how much the world is yeah, changing sure. because there's yeah. an exponential increase in the rate of yeah, sure. technology. It's not yeah. going. It's not going like Morse code, TV. You know, no. it's now going. That's building on top of itself. Yeah, it's compounding. You know, which is I think is fascinating. But in terms of like the the university and all that stuff, and like kids being the, the next generation, all this sort of stuff. Do you think that's that that whole idea of you know having children, making sure their education is all good, and all this sort of stuff, and getting the job and keep the economy going—that whole idea is becoming more or less obsolete. I feel, but just like because what I just said of technology be almost becoming self-sufficient, mm. will all those sorts of jobs go? 
and and there'll be less of a need for our children to be equipped with a, a skill set that we may have? Well, I suppose we don't really know. I mean, I guess yeah. that's a possibility. But um, look, I mean, I just I suppose I'm just really in for a well-rounded education mm, at course. lots of levels and – uh, you know, I'm really big on second languages and. Tu parles français? Parlez français, yeah, oui. Alors, tu parles espagnol ou non? No. But um, yeah, those. He just said what his name was. Yeah, okay. My name's Spanish. Yeah, yeah. My name's you speak Spanish. Yeah, so just things, things like that. I think more and yeah, I guess getting the globalization thing really working in schools. Yes. As I just think that's more more important than anything in particular specific uh, absolutely yeah uh, uh, yeah i guess that's as much as i can offer because i don't think every anybody knows mm. i don't know mm. but just but i do know that that um you know that interaction and you know look at all of us we're all got that um connection out there mm. and i think that's just how you know all the young people in my life there they're just amazingly well travelled. Mm. They're just so interconnected. Mm. Well, that that really is the future, isn't yeah. it? And we're all, you know, we're living it. A, we're living it too. Mm. I feel like that that globalisation is just going to change the game. I mean, we have mm. we have it quite amazingly now with Facebook and and social media mm. and Skype to a lesser extent. But mm. imagine what Skype is going to be like mm. in the in the education system in, in the next yeah, twenty years, where sure. kids will literally be able to see holograms of other kids in mm-hmm. India like and just and talk to them and interact mm. with them and it, I mean I mean things like excursions you know everything will be VR yeah. it will just be it will literally change mm. the game it will be mm. fascinating I mean mm. the, these kids are going to grow up with with the potential for, for for knowledge far greater than what we could ever mm. hope for because we just didn't have the technology for sure. it you know it's fascinating stuff um, yeah so was there much talk of yeah, at this conference or, or in what you do with the future of, of employment is there and I just uh, I'm just talking about the most topical things and the things yeah, that, sure. that are things that I hear about you know are there much talks about like what do we actually do if we get to the point where you know artificial intelligence becomes our level and then self-replicating so it means it takes away all of human mm-hmm. ingenuity basically mm. like there's because we create everything that w- that's in the world right now, like yeah, with the help yeah, of technology, yeah. but it yeah. basically comes from us. And it's going to get to the point, well, some pundits say, you know, some pundits say it's going to get to the point where robots are going to be self-replicating and then at that point, then we pretty much retire from creating anything. Yeah. Like is there genuine, it, in the places that you're, you're in, is there genuine discussion at these kind of summits and stuff that conferences that are revolving around that thought in particular? Uh... uh... I think no. I think it's. I think it. I think it's more about the winners and losers from the process. Mm-hmm. Really, that's that's it. I don't think anybody's saying that all work will be, all jobs will be obliterated. And there's going to be large sections. I mean, actually, the biggest growth areas in the Australian economy are, um, are human services, mm-hmm. which are not easily. They say that they're. You know, you can get robots to do aged care. Yeah. You know, work and what have you. That's not really the case. Yeah. So a lot of the growth is actually in human service work, mm-hmm. so care, healthcare, mm-hmm. social assistance, mm-hmm. um, education, that and that sort of thing. But um, it's really the discussions are more about the winners and losers. And um, there was a really good French TV series last year on SBS called Chapalium, and that sort of brought that out. So it really showed how 
oh, how that all could unfold with, you know, 20% who've, you know, done okay and the 80% who've really lost out. And really mm-hmm. that's that's um, that's the biggest risk around this rather than the obliteration of, of all jobs. And I guess, you know, the and then the allocation of jobs to the lower strata and then, the you know, the few – the few elites. So that's that's more that w- that was really a focus of the OECD discussion around the winners and losers from technology and how you get the better distribution. So when you say um, when you say winners and losers, just so to try and get my head around it, are we yeah. talking about like basically the rich getting a lot richer and the poor getting a lot poorer? Yeah, well, I suppose a, I suppose um, yeah, because I mean the other side of technology, it is about um, <laughs> extracting more, you know. Companies apply technology to extract more profit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's... Mm, it's business. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. business, yeah. you know. And uh, getting rid of labour and, you know, cutting de- cutting back costs and from workers and, and all the risks associated with human beings, you know, mm-hmm. just saves a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so, yeah, it's... Um, it's really how all that is... All that's managed... And I had to give the OECD great credit. They invited one of the uh, great um, writer in this field who's really a leader. Uh, his name's Professor, Professor Guy Standing and his latest books have been um, um, called The Corruption of Capitalism and, um, and he's a big advocate for basic universal income. Yeah. But he was actually invited to the conference, put out all his stuff. So what he's saying is that um, really the way capitalism is is um, playing out at the moment is in, re- in ways that are, are very damaging to mm. um, the common good. Yep. And he's put up a very tough set of public policies to overcome that. And mm. that includes, you know, taxation to really getting down to those, that um, corporate... Um, uh, that um, the way that you know large corporations are just sort of avoiding taxation mm-hmm. around the world, and mm. uh, but there were all, there was a lot of quite technical elements to um, his proposals as well. But you know how good was that that um, mm. somebody as radical as that could be put put up at a conference of the um, yeah. you know of the peak body for the you know developed countries. Mm. You know, wow, so. So it was really it was and also it was great to see him in person. So yeah. a great hero of mine. So yeah. Um I just wanted to take it a little bit more personal. How did you find yourself with an interest in this? We spoke about it specifically. Yeah. But what sort of got you involved in this sort of stuff from oh, an early well, age or was it you know? Um I, I don't know, just really interesting. Look, I had worked in NGOs, I'd been a policy officer um in various organizations that always had a focus on employment. Um and it, uh so uh, and then eventually I just wanted to go back and do, get more into it. So I went back, um, say, about 10 years ago and did a doctorate on uh, casual workforce casualisation. But as I said, it wasn't, wasn't so much about casualisation, but it was that how jobs are being transformed and that was yes. the real outcome of it. And that's sort of what I've been writing about and um, trying to get a book published about it at the yeah. moment. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, so... Going back to the, the the point of like the the rich getting rich and the poor getting poorer, do you think there's going to be a um, a big divide in uh, nations basically? Because say say all the Western economies, yeah. say say all the Western economies are able to adapt all the practices that yeah. Silicon Valley inv- invents in the next twenty years, and then but is that going to trickle down to the poorer economies of the world, or is it going to be even more of a divide 
with the Western, basically Western culture and some of the... Well, know, they're saying that, look, I guess one of the big you know, things that is coming out that, look, there has been a reduction of poverty and the growing middle classes in China and India and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those countries. It's just, that it's just that there's a lot of people left behind in that process too. So, so um, I, I guess it's, I guess the division sort of may, is looked at more as within countries rather than between countries mm-hmm. and about how the spoils, say for India, are going to quite, quite, um, you know, limited elite. While there is a growing middle class, there's still a lot of people left behind. So mm-hmm. I think the discussion's more along those lines rather than that the West getting richer and richer. Because clearly, you know, in the United States, I mean, there's desperate poverty mm-hmm. and unemployment and, mm-hmm. you know, people really out of it there. So, you know, yeah. living in third world, basically third world conditions, you know. Yeah. Veronica, so um, I also want to touch on, we mentioned it briefly uh, earlier in the show already, but I want to touch on um, basically universal basic income, which is because there's all these, um, there's all, like everything with AI, I, I get right into the artificial intelligence. Mm. I don't pretend to be very knowledgeable knowledgeable about <laughs> yeah. it, but I like to listen to yeah, it and yeah. read books about it. And so with no. artificial intelligence in general, there's two schools of thought. There's Sam Harris's Doomsday yeah, School yeah, of Thought. Yeah. Stephen Hawking applies yeah. that um, rhetoric as well. Then there's um, that most people and most of the interesting articles and, and TED Talks, it's all, mm-hmm. that sells kind of mm-hmm. newspapers, you know, is basically mm-hmm. the scaremongering stuff. Neil deGrasse Tyson's the only guy that I listen to that's very, very positive about the future. And Kevin Kelly name? as well. Neil, Kevin Kelly's quite positive. Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's an astro- astrophysicist. Mm. Oh, he's, yeah. um, anyway, so he's of the opinion that um, everything that we have that we want to get rid of in, like, so famine and, and, um, and um, disease and so forth will be eradicated by the fact that artificial intelligence is going to be smart enough to, to oh, come yeah. so so there's that and then there's the other thing but the other thing is that universal basic income and that has the two polarizing schools of thought as well so one of them is as soon as we lose our jobs we're going to have no direction we're going to have no um no drive we're going to have no purpose in life mm. and then there's the other school of thought which i i'm probably lean much more towards which is give me eight more hours in the yeah. day and I'll mm. find some amazing passions. Mm. Like the, uh, the agricultural revolution is where we mm. really kicked off our artistic mm. gene in, in what sure. we do as humans And now. efficiency as well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we had time to, to mm. focus on this exactly. thing. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on do you think the idea of uni- universal basic income first works, kind of how it works, and then do you think that when we do have all this more free time, you think it's going to be positive or a negative? Yeah, look... I've um, read read a lot about UBI and I really get it. And Guy Standing's actually a very um, – he does a lot of advocacy for it because he says that really where we're going is we've just got to have some sort of – people just got to get decent – some sort of basic mm. decent income and and uh, and then you sort of – then we work from there around technology. I guess, look, I have some concerns about UB, UBI and I, I believe the OECD has put out a report which I haven't read. My concerns are is that um, it would actually, could actually um, intensify polarisation. So mm-hmm. it, um, 
it means that some people will be very dependent on it and some people just get it and then it'll go back into taxation. won't mean anything. I'm just really concerned about how it plays out in terms of um, equality and I'm not really convinced by those arguments. Those arguments that, you know, well, we'll just get a more equal society by, by giving everybody this basic income and then, then what, what happens is that if they earn more, then, then it goes back, um, gets mm-hmm. returned. So communism through. kind of. Return to taxation. Mm-hmm. Look, I actually think what we do need is more distribution of of work and employment. You know, mm. that's that's my my feeling about, and what I want to write some more about is, I mean, there's a lot of people. You know, they're complaining about they're too much work, they're overworked. Well, you know, what about sharing sharing it out, sharing it out a bit more? And I think um, I think that's a bigger argument to be had rather than. And sharing out of opportunity. The, the other thing I'm really concerned about UBI is that um, is that it could actually, you know, stagnate certain groups in the community. And mm-hmm. I really worry about what happens to kids' opportunities and so on. So okay, mum and so everybody's on a UBI. So where do we go with that? And I just mm-hmm. think, oh, I just I, my gut feeling about it is while I do understand all the arguments about about it, is that let's uh, get get more more um, serious about distribution of employment rather than distribution of income. And I just don't trust governments with it. I don't say yeah. if there's a recession, so what do we do? You know, cut back on back on it or so, I don't know. So, I just mm. I just think it's risk I just think it's fraught yeah. with risk. That's yep. the um it's the first time I've heard anyone mention what you just mentioned, the the idea that you so if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly right, so say we have because my understanding of the future is if, if everything becomes automated, everything's artificial intelligence, all that yeah. jobs are taken. So there's going to be the same amount of money in the economy, yeah. but it's just there's going to be uh, 60% yeah. of the jobs. So, that's, yeah. so there's a lot more money to be spread. So are you saying because there's only, you know, there's, there's having 40 hours a week and having no work. Yeah. There's also, I think what you're saying is a really nice middle ground in the middle where I'm, say I'm earning a good wage and I earn 2,000 Australian dollars a week. Yeah. No, that's all right, whatever. So two thousand dollars a week. I'm working forty hours, maybe fifty hours. Yeah. I can say. Are you saying that? Okay. How about we work fifteen to twenty hours a week yeah. for two thousand dollars a week? The money's yeah. going to be there's going to be more money in the economy, and you just have less. You still go to work. There's still people that are yeah. employed that have something to strive for, and and they still there's more money. So you just but you've just got more time. As well. Is that what you're kind of yeah saying? I think, yeah that that that's it. That's yeah. definitely a positive. Definitely mm. a positive. Well, I just. Just really worry about it. Look, I have come from a background, a social welfare background, and I can just see, I just, I just can't see how the UBI is going to get rid of that. Um, well, what in some communities called generational disadvantage, for instance. Mm. Um, you know, picking. I just think it's got that real risk of um taking people people down. And look, I understand all that stuff about creativity, and I really that UBI could um. You know, get people going with you know, you know, really interesting projects. I mean, you know, down the western suburbs where I live, God, you know, what I want to come back to is do a lot of tree planting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are on UBIs, yeah, let's all go out and do tree planting. But I actually think there needs to be. What also needs to happen is that more government funding for tree planting and employment of people. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. We also need to recognise. Um, and something I've been right, I've written quite a bit about is look, we have been in Australia and many other countries, we have been in austerity mode. So there's this real, um, real focus on you know getting government balanced budgets and so forth. But you actually need government spending 
um, in infrastructure, in environmental re, you mm. know, regeneration, and that actually grows the economy. Mm. So, you know, of thinking it, thinking ahead. And I'd actually, my, my preference spending. would be investment spending. I, yep. I really go with Trump on that if he does it. God, the United States, from what I saw, you know, really needs it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. and uh, yeah, infra- infrastructure spending. To me, that would be um, the better way than a, than UBI. I just, I just, I just, I don't know, it just really bothers, just aspects mm. of it that bother, bothers well, me. There's, there's people that are, there's people that will definitely take it, not take advantage of the system because if everybody yeah. was on the system, then everybody's yeah. on the system. But but there's people that would probably sit on the couch, do nothing, eat yeah. Cheetos all day. Of course. You know, like that's, there's always going to be those people and there's probably going to be more of those people. And then the people that are creative, that have a creative vein, yeah. are probably going to be more creative and, yeah, and they're yeah. going to be able to yeah. bring that out. But So there's probably still going to be those two types of people that we have right yeah. now. Yeah, it's just about uh, it, it whether could, it's a from the sounds of things, or negative. It, well, yeah, it, it could become more or less black and white as opposed to having a big middle ground. Yeah. Based off that. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, when do you think all that's going to start to – well, it's bubbling now. Well it's, but- well, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, I guess I'm just going to take years, you know, years down the track. But, look, the important thing about that conference is the ISD is pushing the – pushing it with governments, you know, with government – with leaders and uh, putting out – you know, putting it on the ground. I mean, getting them to think about – um, what's happening and and uh, getting some of those models out there like Denmark with their disruption disruption council and their their policies of you know infrastructure spending and getting the economy going through that I mean yeah. that's that's what you know that's what we need is so, you look it is um slow process and you know we have government with a certain you know mindset at the moment but things change over times and getting conversations going I think that's really the starting point you know? yes yeah. yes mm, so okay so uh, if we're to, to sum up the future of employment with the rise of artificial intelligence do you think it's something that's He's going to be pushing the artificial, the artificial intelligence one here I like well, it well yeah, yeah. I mean yeah I mean that's what we're talking about I suppose yeah, it is. yeah of course so, <laughs> so but um, like would you say what what side of the fence do you sit on if if you were to give like a uh, I'm very worried I think it'll be fine we'll figure it out or I'm not worried at all it's going to be fine like if you could sum up do you your, see Terminator your, yeah do you see do you see Skynet do I see what do you, have you seen the movie <laughs> Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger um, you know how the, the rise of artificial intelligence and then ends up being a war. Oh, basically, yeah. basically, yeah, it's, a, it, those, it's yeah. a it's a futurized documentary of what yeah, we're yeah, about yeah, to go yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, documentary. Well, so is Matrix, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's well, right. If you want to chuck that in, um, yeah, the rings. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter, obviously. <laughs> uh, look, I look. I think we don't know, but I think we drive it. I mean, that's it. You know, mm. you drive, you drive it, and you push for, for public policies. And I, I just don't, I just don't think there's going to be this great replacement. Yeah, my feeling the replacement thing's over, is overplayed. And what mm-hmm. I'm saying is, and what I'm writing about, and what I said it said at the talk of Mel- Melbourne Knowledge Week, is that the replacement aspects as is getting too much. Air, too much airplay. It's mm-hmm. actually the the um, reconstruction of jobs and employment through technology that I think is at least as big a part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's how you do the jobs, it's the breaking down of jobs, and I reckon that is 
actually really important, really important, really yeah. big part of it. Mm. Um, and that has really implicate, you know, the big implications for the winners and losers and what and what po- policies you need to ensure that, you know, there's good spread of out- outcomes across the community. And getting back to the fact that um, if you want economic growth, well, equality, uh, <laughs> reasonable level of um, equality and social and economic mobility is <laughs> how you get growth, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Economic growth, yeah. Absolutely. And let's just not forget, behind all this, we've got the climate change thing, which is just so critical. And somehow or another, there needs to be a winding in of all this discussion about uh, global warming. And I don't know how all that works, but, you know, that's just so, so important. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Well, all right, Veronica. Well, we do have six from six to go through. So um, should we we, uh, start it off... Start it off, Tommy. <laughs> I think we so should. We've fourth interview for the day, so I'm starting to wow. uh, starting to break down in my um. My name's actually John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. um, yeah, let's do it, mate. Let's do it. All right, cool. So, um, Veronica. So, my first two questions are travel related. Oh yeah. Uh, first one is, what is your uh, favorite travel destination on the planet? Favorite place you've been that you just really highly recommend to anyone, and why? Wow, that's a really big, heavy question. Uh, <laughs> I highly recommend it. Oh, and gee. there's a right or wrong here. <laughs> oh, gee, oh, that's really, really heavy. Um, uh, I actually think, uh, well, um, yeah, I'm really, really uncomfortable about that question. Oh, well, um, I'm very um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never been told it's an uncomfortable yeah. well, question. <laughs> um, I actually think... Um, Around the Great Ocean Road is just the most you know, yeah. really splendid place, and uh, absolutely. And uh, I actually really feel very strongly about Australia as a, a really um, important country in its own right because of the land. And I just mm-hmm. feel really. But I've travelled quite a lot in Europe over recent years, and mm-hmm. I really get it with it. But I'm sort of a bit over it in a way, and uh, I actually really uh, love Australia. I think uh, also. Great Ocean Road beaches, but I absolutely love East Gippsland and mm-hmm. and uh, the, the you know the temperate rainforest down there and the beaches and the mm-hmm. I mean wilderness to me is just really mm. a really tremendously important value and mm-hmm. uh, and to me it trumps all the you know the you know stone, all the cathedrals and the magnificent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Man-made crap. Of, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> to me, it's just uh, really, really elemental. And there's a fantastic, the best book I read over the last few months that just got it was um, Tim Winton's book called Island Home. All right. I really recommend it. It's a new, good, Tim Winton. Yeah, He's I really good. recommend it. It's about, um, it's about Australia and about uh, Australia, the land of Australia. And it talks about that. It just got it completely about what it's different about Europe, why it's different from Europe. So, yeah, I'm very uh, – so land, you know, that attachment to land here and it's just really, really important. So, yeah, yeah. Mm, East Gips land, Tasmania. Oh, Great Ocean yeah, Road. Great Ocean Road. Yeah, yeah, wow. I don't know whether that's – A couple of places there, uh, Ronnie. <laughs> that's good. Okay. You've given us a, a plethora of places. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, the second question of mine is yeah. dream travel destination, somewhere mm. that you haven't been that's at the very top of your bucket list. Well, a friend of mine posted some really great photos of, of Iceland recently on Facebook, oh. and I thought, wow, that'd be interesting. Mm. It wasn't me, was it? 
No, <laughs> not on my Facebook. We're uh, we're going to Iceland with Adventure with my company in November. Wow. It's our next trip we have coming up. So wow, yeah, wow. it's um, you should come along. Hashtag jump aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Iceland just looked amazing. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. It's a mm. beautiful spot. Yeah. Um, my last question is a book recommendation. So, considering you've already mentioned Tim Winton's, let's um, let's go with another one. Is there any other other books that you like to recommend to people? Can be any sort of book you think will give a positive yeah, impact. Yeah, um, Guy Standings, Professor Guy Standings, any of his books, The Corruption of Capitalism, his books on the precariat. Um, I think there's a new one on basic income. But anything by Professor Guy Stan, I just think he's just a really great thinker and um, cool. really interesting. Awesome. Tommy. Veronica, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time or when you have some downtime? Well, I, as I said, I do, um, I do think second languages. Mm. When I was um, at high school in the, you know, a lot of decades ago, French was the only language taught in schools and mm. I've just sort of kept it up over the years. So I, I do a meet-up group. Mm with French and you know just kept it going it's very useful but mm. I do think second Parce language is really Parce que pour moi j'ai le français à, à l'école depuis 7 ans Oh oui, oui. okay oui. superb ah, yeah so merci. so in Bonnie Day really you know I just think uh, look French is what I inherited through schooling but um, I just think second languages are really really fantastic mm. French si. is a good one because si it is <laughs> it is. It's, well, French, this, yeah, <laughs> French or Spanish. I think French and Spanish are really great because mm. you know they're so global and you know yeah, really good. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I study. I study uh, on Thursday mornings with my Spanish teacher right. in Guatemala on Skype. Yeah, fantastic. Seven thirty every morning. Yeah, every Thursday morning. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah. How's it going for you, mate? Yeah. Um, no, 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 muy bien. Uh, <laughs> it's going okay, bien. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It's going all right, bien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Veronica, what about someone you look up? You look up to, like who's who's a role model in your life? If, if you have any. Uh, well, recently. Okay. Well, recently in in the Netherlands, I visited a a scholar who's um, he's in his eighties, and uh, I just really admired him because he just kept up his. His name was Peter Waterman, and um, Peter Watermelon. Peter Waterman. Waterman. Oh, sorry. Waterman. Is he a brother of um, David yeah. Apple? No. Or, uh, Peter Chris Waterman. Garrett? Anyway, look, I just thought he just kept up his the fire for all his years, and um, I was born. It just been such a. Um, I don't know. Just I just really admired him. Yeah. About uh, he, he was a labour in labour studies, so he just kept it up. He sort of worked in in the Hague and the Institute of Social Studies for many years, and then he'd just kept on writing and putting out stuff, and and uh, been very fiery over the years on labour issues. And mm. uh, who I admire, he's not well known, but um, he oh, actually passed away, and there was an obituary in the Guardian recently oh, right. about him. Yeah. Okay. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and my final question is, uh, now this is a tough one, so I'll give yeah, you a bit of time yeah. for it. If you could invite three people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be and why? And you can't invite Chris Carrot. Chris who? <laughs> Bill, Ma- <laughs> Bill mentioned a bloke before that's just, uh, he's a bit of a nuisance. So. Chris Carrot. Um, oh, um, wow. Not really good on, uh, not really good on uh, those sort of. Um, we knew some thinking music. Yeah, yeah, who, 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 who you admire most? I mean, there's people I read and... Yeah. Um, 
Oh, gee. Um. So, as examples, um, we've had Muhammad Ali today. We've had Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler's our most famous guest. Yeah. Actually, not 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 joking. He's our most popular guest he we've is. ever yeah, had. Yeah, People yeah. want to pick Adolf Hitler's brain. We have. We don't interview Nazis. Jesus. Um, we've had Michael Jordan. People like that. Al Gore has been one. Uh, wow. Chris Carrick. Uh, well, I've already <laughs> mentioned, you know, people that I really read. People I think provide leadership around, um, you know, some of these issues like guy standing and. Uh, so lovely. And. <laughs> so we can't get over the Chris Peter Carrick. Waterman, and I'm trying to think of a third one, preferably female. Um, and I'm just really struggling. Tyra Banks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> oh, she's just a really a famous supermodel. I'm just trying okay. to... I'm just, just really... I'm just, you, real, I'm, just really, I'm just really struggling. I'm just not really great on... Um, They're tough. It is tough. Well, okay. What about People, People who just... Look, look, the people I admire most, people who really keep fighting for things yeah. and really put themselves out there and really push the... Push the barrel on getting on social change. That's what I. Th- that's what I think. You know, Absolutely. who are out there and um, and those are the people that I really admire. You know, really, f- you know, fight for fight for you know change. Sorry, Veronica. Yeah, sorry. We sometimes we we know you're trying to. You said a joke before, and I thought it was the funniest thing. And you know when you you can't you can't get all your laughter out. I just absolutely lost it there. It was hilarious. Sorry, Veronica. I'm all all good now. We've got. So who have we got at the dinner table at the moment? We've got two definites. Professor Guy Standing, Peter Waterman, um, (laughs) Peter Waterman. And um, I'm just trying to think of someone else who'd really push push out. There's somebody I just... Uh... Scott Johansson wasn't a black widow. Oh, gee. Um, uh, Tom R. Piketty. Piketty. Now, you probably, have you ever heard of him? No. Okay, sorry, Thomas, Tom R. Piketty. He's a French economist. He wrote this... He's written the most um, extraordinary book about... Um, called Capital, and it's basically the, supposed to be, well, I do reckon. It's actually happened to us twice in the history of this show, and it's just killed it. Sorry about that. You need to hear about Piketty. Yeah, give it to us. Piketty is such an important figure. They say that he's actually as important now as Karl Marx was in the eighteen oh, fifties wow. and sixties. Right. Basically but don't you know, don't get confused about the relationship. It's his mm-hmm. analysis of contemporary capitalism which is so extraordinary and he's just written um, over the last few years he's just written this amazing book called Capital which sort of tells you why there's such a growth of inequality yes, and yes. why the levels of it <laughs> And what the problems are, and it's just he's just such an extraordinary figure in contemporary economics. Um, he was actually here late last year at the um, Melbourne Town Hall, and I oh, went mm-hmm. to see him. And I actually had an article published about him. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake! I can't I'm do going. It. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, Veronica, so Piketty. Piketty. So, Piketty, yeah. Piketty. All right, so we've got our we've got our we've got our dinner guests. Yeah, that's they're your... all economists. I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. We're sorry for well, what would you saying um, stupid gags? Yeah, and not it's ridiculous. It, it, I think it's a mystery of like not sleeping. <laughs> what would you uh, What would you have at dinner? What would be What would be your go to? 
Uh, yeah, probably um, my cooking skills are limited. Probably a roast lamb and three veg. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Just three vegetables for each person? Uh, yeah, three um, roast lamb with roast vegetables. Oh, that like probably it. would be it. Bit of salt. Yeah. Beautiful. All righty. Finally, Veronica, where can uh, people find you? Anything you yeah, want to plug? Yeah, net. I have a website. It's very clearly Great. laid out. There's a lot of articles there. I was also writing a lot for the uh, academic uh, news outlet, The Conversation from 2012, 13, 14. There's a lot of articles there. And I keep everything up to date on um, my website, veronicasheen.net. Sure. Pretty simple. Beautiful. Okay. Great. Cool. Great. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Veronica. Pleasure. Okay. And uh, that's a wrap. Alrighty, guys. If you're a first-time listener and you love the show, please subscribe. If you're a many-time listener, thank you so much. And uh, if you could go ahead and leave us a rating and review, that would help. Everything that, uh, that we get in the way of subscriptions, guys, everything we get in the way of rating and reviews, help us climb the iTunes ladder and help us um, keep this show viable in the future. Also, if there's anything that you need from the show notes, any links to anything that we mentioned, that'll be found at www.adventuretravel.com forward slash radio. Check out audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio, quashcreative.com and use radio when you speak to the guys and go to www.adventuretravel.com, use the code word radio and you'll get 10% off any and all trips. See you next week.